Blog Talk Radio. Sleep yeah. and he just went off. So I don't know. 
but in it's, the meantime, it's really I've been sickening. Trying, I, I've been, in the sickening. meantime, I've been trying to um, occupy myself with different music and what's coming out. And even Avita is starting tonight. It started. It's eight oh four. Unless they're running late, <laughs> Avita has started. You know, Avita is the most infamous show that was done at Syracuse <laughs> uh, because it was just no disrespect to my. Uh, Syracuse uh, classmates and everything, but it was one of the worst things that has ever been <laughs> produced on stage. And there were lots of rumors that were true, mostly about drug use and, and stuff that, like, it, it was just, a, it was a, and I don't mean, like, good kind of drug use. I mean, weird kind of drug use to get in the character <laughs> and stuff. Um, so I, I, don't, I really, I don't have a good place in my heart for that, that show. Maybe Maybe if I see Ricky Martin do it, it'll change. I don't know. I doubt it. Well, there's a friend of mine, Max von Essen, who's in it as well. So I'm, I, I you know, if I can afford a ticket, I'll go. But otherwise, I, I guess I'll be at the stage door like every other person. <laughs> now I gotta ask, Tamika, I gotta ask you about something. Uh oh. Okay, now be careful. I told you what you can ask me about. We no. already have this discussion. <laughs> I, okay, I want to read a Facebook update of yours. Um, mm-hmm. You. You said, I just want to st- <laughs> I just want to state this for the record one more again. Dot 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 dot. I have absolutely nothing to do <laughs> with new proactive. Oh god, I thought that said provocative. Uh, right now I'm realizing it says proactive. Damn it, that's not as funny. With new proactive commercial with Justin Bieber, yeah, I would tell I... y'all I would tell y'all if I had worked with her. Plus, an open mouth, that's a miracle whip. That one I will claim. Explain this to me, please. Um, the company I was working for, we did probably 90% of the nation's infomercials. And that's how I got a chance to work with Katy Perry and a few other folks. But mm-hmm. I was gone from them by the time they got the Justin Bieber thing. So I really have nothing to do with that. But I did freelance work with Miracle Whip, and when they said keep an open mouth, and they were like, "How does that sound?" I was like, "That sounds fine, because you know, a closed mouth don't get fed." So I was like, "Just do it." So that's what's been airing lately. And Miracle Whip has been Miracle Whip uh, has been airing lately, and also the Justin Bieber. Well, you know. You know he's 18 now, right? Uh-oh. Where'd you go? Tamika? Tamika, can you hear me? Ah, here it goes. Yo. Uh-oh. Call has dropped. All right. So we're waiting for Tamika to get back on the line. Um, wanted to give you all a, an update on the finale of The Bachelor. For the record, uh, this is from my roommate, be giving us periodic updates throughout the night. For the record, my favorite was the blonde Emily. I think that was her name. One day, when she's ready to find love again, I'll be there. Very nice. Um, so we were just talking with Tamika about her um, her rendezvous with the uh, with Justin Bieber. Tamika, are you there? Okay, now now I'm back. I missed what you were saying, but I did not have a rendezvous with Justin Bieber. <laughs> I was saying, you know, he's you're talking about keep it open. You know, he's 18 now. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know who does care I, is Erica Lustig. Erica Lustig well, cares. They can go off and do what they need to do. 
I don't. That's fine. It's just, Fair enough. The funny thing is, I know how they make those commercials, especially with the proactive stuff, and um, you know that was a big campaign, big deal, and whatever. I don't care. I, I like I said, I didn't get a chance to work with her, so I don't know. <laughs> well, we better um, get to the certain way because um, <clears throat> we're gonna keep the guests waiting. I haven't even said who's on the show tonight. It's it's um, indie musician Justin Levinson. Um, of Justin Levinson and the Valcors, and we got the Art Decade <clears throat> Power Symphonic Pop Band coming on tonight. So uh, J- Justin Levinson in just a minute. But do you know, Tamika Kid, that um, I looked on Twitter earlier, and this was trending on Twitter this afternoon. Obama is a Muslim was trending. What do you think about that? Probably as much as I think about people asking for his birth certificate in the United States. Mm, so, I'm glad you brought least, that up. At least at least your listeners know that uh, a person that you allow to come on your show as a co-host is a black woman, but also someone that is not getting caught up into the hype. So I don't, I really, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know how that made me feel, Tamika Kid? certain way <laughs> a certain way yep when you just don't know what you're feeling you can't find the right word to say well that's the moment you start to realize you're feeling a certain way you feel a certain way i feel a certain way i bet everybody's feeling a certain way i feel a certain way you feel a I saw you dancing there. Stop playing. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Uh, Morons are no longer allowed to dictate what happens in our presidential elections. Polls this week suggest that many voters in Mississippi and Alabama believe President Obama to be a Muslim. First off, he's not. This is a man so Christian he was unwilling to distance himself from his controversial Reverend Jeremiah Wright, whom he said was like family to him. Secondly, mm-hmm. contrary to popular belief in this country, being Muslim is not a crime. The Constitution's Second Amendment guarantees us freedom of religion. Sure, freedom, unless we don't holler at Jesus. I've never seen this nonsense more than the 2008 presidential election when an absurd amount of people in this country decided it was cool to have low IQs and eat cheeseburgers and that anyone who went to college was un-American. Just this past February 25th, Representative Cliff Stearns comforted a concerned quote-unquote American by saying that the question now is whether Obama's long-form birth certificate is legitimate. Do you remember, Tamika, do you remember when that batshit crazy old lady at that town hall called, uh, told John McCain she didn't trust Obama and the first reason she gave was that he's an Arab? Well, you know, it's funny. HBO just did the, uh, they just released the movie uh, I think it's called Game Change or Game yeah. Changer or something like I that. I watched it. Which is it? It really, fantastic. really good. I HBO Dude. always does really good movies, and I'm not trying to plug HBO, but this shit, it, excuse my language, is really good because it really shows how they threw her into the mix of things. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not fantastic. going to. It, but this, you know what? I'll tell. I'll say this: for this movie, 
um, Sarah Palin almost looks sympathetic because <laughs> really they picked her out of plucked her out of Alaska, put her under all this <laughs> stuff, and just did some shit. And it's like, oh my god, are you yeah. really? You know, and then people started asking the question. She is one, you know, seventy-two heartbeat away from John McCain. Yeah. That really yeah. had. That was. I think that's what people answered. Now, with these other candidates that we have, who knows at yeah. this particular point? I don't. I don't have a, a front runner just yet. Uh-huh. But I swear to you. I I will put this on everything I have, even my niece and nephew. If Newt Gingrich gets the nomination, I'm out of mm-hmm. here. I'm down an <laughs> island somewhere. I can't. <laughs> well, well, okay. So so that that in that particular moment in that town hall meeting when she, when she goes, I'm concerned about Obama. I don't trust him. He's an Arab. Uh, McCain's ludicrous response was. No, ma'am, he's a decent man. He's a family man. Why did the maverick war hero, John McCain, not take a stand for millions of Arab Americans? Where was the old John McCain? You know what, John McCain, I don't know the old John McCain. I think John McCain was actually making a correct decision and not trying to put somebody else down while he was in a campaign. That's it. I don't know He was like, look, he was just like, look, that's not the truth. He's an American. He's. You know, working in the Senate, he's doing his stuff, but don't put that out there because of all, also, and this is the other thing, Ryan, and I know we got to get to our guests soon. Everything yeah, we really have to be careful about. Up in just a minute. We, the, the really thing that we have to be careful about, when John McCain was campaigning, um, people were calling Obama all sorts of stuff. President Obama, they were calling him all sorts of stuff. Almost, almost sounded like a hate riot, and I actually watched this old crusty ass white man say, "You know what? He's an American just like me." So let's move past that. All so right. I, well, I don't, when I, don't, I, don't, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I mm-hmm. won't be bad on John McCain. He, he just. I found. Told, yeah, I found issues with his response. And when I saw that Obama is, is a Muslim trending on Twitter today, it made me feel a certain way. People either need to accept <laughs> he's a Christian American or they need to admit what the and educated you know what? among if us all have known Muslim, all along. Then, oh, okay, whatever. You know, at least right. he's praising something. You know, some well, who God, cares? Some you know, people, people either need but to that's accept. Like, but, that, but, but then you get into a big plethora of other things like, no, who's no. seeing who? I mean, who people either need to. Plethora, you get into a plethora of things of who's seeing who, and you don't want to do gotta, that. And and then religion-wise, mm. you have to respect the fact that certain religions really are not up to date. That's the best way I can say it. Politically correct. That's the best way. <laughs> All right, well, people either need to accept that he's a Christian American or they need to admit what the educated among us have known all along. They're racist. (laughs) Never in my life have I seen a president criticized for so many things he is not. That birther movement perpetuated by Donald Trump had no basis. Why this president? Why is no other president being drilled on being a Muslim or not born in this country? The reason is the color of his skin. 
the people suggesting this stuff need to understand that they're the ones who are un-American. These folks need to be reminded that this man won the presidency of the United States of America by a landslide, and legally, which is more than I can say for his predecessor, Governor Bush. Being Muslim or Arab is neither a sin nor a crime. Obama is American and a Christian, but so what if he wasn't? Tell me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I get you. I just know how the folks, <laughs> I know how the other folks think, too. You know, yeah. you, you well, being a part of the other folks, but not in that group. <laughs> but they're just like, oh, my God. And he's light-skinned uh, even. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you know? All right, well, let's not, let's not keep our guests waiting anymore. Um, our first guest tonight is the talented frontman of Justin Levinson and the Valcors. He plays Room 5 in Los Angeles on Friday, March 30th. We got Please Justin. welcome to the program, Justin Levinson. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, apologize for our our our, uh, our delay. Our political discussion got a little too. Uh, Tamika got a little passionate there. No, I'm it was cool. I I, I agree with everything you guys were saying. No problem. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Because sometimes you know we we don't want to offend the guests. Um, no, but, no, not at all. I I enjoyed it. Um, and by by Tamika, I meant me. All right, um, t- Tamika. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's start the interview. Okay, so your band, Justin, is called the Valcors. Now, what are the Valcors exactly? Is this anything like the Volturi and the Twilight Saga? No, it's not. Um, it's actually um, like Valcor Island is kind of um, it's in Lake Champlain, which is kind of between um, Vermont and, and upstate New York. And I guess Valcor Island was a pivotal, pivotal moment in the revolutionary war. Um, so we sort of just, you know, we were trying to think of something that was okay. Vermont ish and we just sort of, uh, came up with the Valcors. <laughs> oh, okay. So just trying to think of something Vermont ish. All right. Yeah. Aaron. Mm-hmm. I wish um, there was a cooler, cooler story behind it. Unfortunately. <laughs> Now, that's all good. Well, while we're speaking of geographic locations, out of New York City, D.C., Philly, and Boston, which are your favorite cities to play in, starting from most to least? Wow. Well, you know, I would, I'm would. i going to just start out with saying that you know, it's tough because, you know, I want to be politically correct and say that I, I love them all equally, which I which I will say, first of all, that I, that I do. Um, but I had to say I had a little bit of bias towards Boston as being my favorite because I spent so much time there. I went to school in Boston, and, um, you know, I, I got to see the Red Sox, uh, you know, break the curse when I lived there. So, And I just sort of have a, a connection with uh, with the city. So that, that would probably be my favorite place. Um, and then, I, you know, I'd say the rest are sort of like a tie, you know, underneath. Like New York is – is great. It's a hustle. You got to be ready to like park your car and like, run into the club, and it's very showcase um, like. So you know, it's not like in Vermont where I'll you know play two to three hour sets in front of people. Um, and DC is cool. Um, and yeah, I guess like Philly is a place I've returned to a, a few times over the years, and they've always been really welcoming. Um, so yeah, besides after Boston, I'd say it's everything else is terrific. And do you prefer to play in those smaller towns where you can do longer sets, or uh, where do you? Uh, what's your preference? I, you know, I, th- I think that's one thing that's nice about Vermont is that I, that they do give a lot of musicians a chance to to really play, and you kind of get warmed up, and 
and you kind of, you know, you just you kind of can get into it a little more. You, with the more the showcase things in other cities, um, it's a lot of it's a lot of hustle. But if you know, it feels good to accomplish something when you run into a city like New York and you, you know, you get up there and you, you know, give it your all in 45 minutes and you and you run off the stage or something like a, a real sense of of accomplishment that you know when you get done, you, you like you feel like you really you really did something. Especially if you can win people over in 45 minutes, it feels real good. Right. Well, I, I yeah, have to definitely. tell you, listening to your music right off the bat, I was just like, okay, this guy is cute and sexy, and <laughs> something has happened with love at some point, but it always happens, and you just got to have to be able to roll with it. So how do you feel about how that has infected, or I shouldn't even say infected, how that has <laughs> <They> infected? Um, <laughs> okay. Because love can infect music. We know this. How does that affect your music? Well, yeah, when, you know when I when I did the record, the con- it was you know you hit the nail right on the head. It's like a concept album, and um, it's definitely related to, to heartbreak. I, you know, I, I guess like every tortured artist, you know, I, I finally I finally had my time, and I, you know, I really avoided writing about love previously to this record, so it's kind of hard for me because I'm not a very like uh, emotional person to, to to talk about feelings and and things like that. Um, but the record was very therapeutic for me, and I felt that I was able to kind of keep it lighthearted enough. So, you know, sort of it was, the concept was like feel good heartbreak. So, you know, I I tried to I made some jokes. It's, it's some some stuff that's really over the top, and I'm trying not to be you know you know crying in my beer glass. I'm sort of well, trying I to. I tell you what, that last video that you did. Um, walking on water. That oh, was yeah. amazing. I just Thank I you. watched that and I was like, "Good grief!" These people are sitting <laughs> at home in their pajamas, making yeah. these videos and putting people like me that work in post production as well out of business. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we had, we had fun. We had fun with that video, and I think that sort of just kind of showed, you know, like. How I'm kind of, you know, I'm just like a, a goofy dude. Like I just enjoy like having fun with music, and that whole that whole video I feel really captured, you know, who I kind of, you know, who I am as a person, which is kind of. Well, cool. I I would say as a woman on this show, particularly co-hosting, I would say you goof you're goofy cool. And nice. I listening to the music that I was able to get a hold of today, that's cool. So. Thank you. You know, you're good. <laughs> I appreciate you like to. Speaking of your music, you like to to fix upbeat melodies with often serious subject matter. So does that mean you think murder is funny or bank robberies? Is this stuff funny too? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I do not. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think I think we're probably more talking about the heartbreak here. And I I read something about um, you uh, doing feel good heartbreak music. Now, have you had your heart broken? Because it doesn't feel good at all. No, no, it it doesn't doesn't feel good. I sort of, you know, I just I could have written a whole record of crying in the beer glass, but I think I sort of wanted to spare the listeners by giving a sense of sense of humor to it all, and you know, just like I kind of just like doused everything in like hyperbole, like over the top metaphor, you know, uh-huh. simile, and I just sort of wanted to like. Keep it keep it funny, you know. Like I, you know, I just feel like you know, the Beatles are a prime example. They could write a, a really sad tune and and keep it kind of happy, you know. Like I, people think 
you know, Octopus's Garden is a, is a children's song. And I listen to that song, and that's like one of the most <laughs> sad tunes I've ever heard in my life. Like my heart, you know, goes to the floor when I listen to Octopus's Garden. And people think that's uh, it's funny. So I guess I sort yeah. of wanted, you know, I would, and I would never compare myself to the Beatles. So by no means am I trying to to, to <laughs> put myself analogous to this. Make it happen. Why not? To that level. You just did. But Why not? It's just, you just did. Why not? But I'm more just alluding to the fact that I am like, you know, I like almost everybody I know is like a super Beatles freak. I just, I, I, I grew up with them as a kid, so it's definitely in my heart. It almost sounds like you based your album on an eighth grade vocabulary test with the <laughs> similes and the metaphors and the, and yeah, the alliteration. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like, it's funny, though, because, like, they're, like, you know, it's it's really tough when you put your music out there. You know, that's one thing that I'm learning to be better at. You know, you, back in the day, I used to listen to a review, and somebody didn't, didn't really like it. You know, I would just be, like, crushed for days. And now I'm sort of understanding that, you know, to listen to the the good and and the bad and, and understand that, you know, that, that happens to everybody. But I, I originally, I'd recently been critiqued about, um, how my overuse of like of all of these literary devices, and um, I just you know I, it was kind of funny because I I sort of you know was doing them on purpose. I felt like they kind of didn't understand where my the the joke you know. But I, I so I yeah. I was I was trying to do that just for the for the record. If anybody's like, man, this guy is just like so tongue in cheek, you know, I really made an effort to to to, to deliver it that way. Well, I have to say right. the harmonica in your music is really good too. Ah, oh, thank you. So, uh, so you, you remind me of a of a of a good friend of mine who is performing out here. He's been on Broadway and what have you, doing other stuff. But sometimes he plays multiple instruments. So, so seeing you do that, I just was like, okay, this guy is what not Tamika's, around. What that's Tamika's great. not I'm telling you, what she's not telling you is that her friend is Bob Dylan. Oh <laughs> no! What I'm telling you is my friend is John Gallagher Jr. So no, God, <laughs> yeah. Well, right? I, I we appreciate go. appreciate uh, the appreciation of the of the harmonica because that's you know a super super organic cool instrument. Probably one of my favorite sounds to to hear sonically, and I or just I never pouring can... your heart out at some point. Well, I was watching. I was like, "Oh my God, he is pouring his heart out." And I was like, okay, I, I I get that, and it sucks, but I get it. So that's cool. Yeah, hey, I Ryan, hope it's something. Do we have a song we're getting ready to play for this guy? Yeah, we got a song ready to play. Um, nice. Why don't you? Uh, why don't we play? Um, let's see what we got on the bags here. Um, <laughs> how, how about um, Love You Goodbye? Uh, would you want to uh, tell us a little bit about that song? Um, it's, you know, it's kind of just like um, the character who is me. <laughs> it's probably going through like a lot of um, just like mixed mixed emotions, you know, being, you know, pretty much just sure that they're unsure um, and and deciding to leave a relationship. And, and I, I, you know, I just feel like it takes a lot of courage to make those big decisions and, and courage is, is confidence and doubt. Um, and I think that this song, I was sort of trying to deliver um, that message of, of, of doubt in this courageous decision of, of walking away. Okay. All right. 
Uh, this yep. is Justin Levinson with Love You Goodbye. We'll be right back with Justin. Yeah, 
Go, buddy. Love you, goodbye. Um, cool. I believe that this is, this is the part of the interview where, Tamika, you uh, request a calendar. Well, if they're making a calendar, then yes. <laughs> I will request a calendar um, of different photos. You know, you're looking sexy and hot and whatnot. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Um, just wanted to announce that there, uh, the the Bachelor finale update, because I know everybody on the phone line cares about this. Um, Ben's family likes both girls. Gee, thanks for the help. That comes from my roommate, Rob Peterman. <laughs> All right. Um, now, Justin, you are noted for writing your, uh, your skill of writing pop hooks. What's the art, do you think, to writing something catchy? What's your process? Um... Man, I, I, I just think you need to. Um, I, I think dynamics are like a big thing in, in songwriting. Like you know, you have to things have to constantly move. Like between verse, pre-chorus, and chorus, it has to be kind of. Um, yeah, it, it just you can't write linear. You know, it has to have. Um, it has to be like a story. You know, with like a beginning, middle, and end. And uh, I think you know if, if you come up with just a, a good melody. That kind of sums up your ideas. Um, I think that can that kind of stands out. You know, I I'm pretty. You know, I I went to school <clears throat> for for songwriting, um, and I took everything with a grain of salt. But I'm also up for people breaking the rules, doing whatever. You know, you know, music is sort of one of those things that there's no uh, right or wrong way. So I encourage anybody to just have fun with it. Hey Ryan, can I ask a question real quick? Yes, absolutely. Justin, where are you currently yeah. located? I know you're up in Vermont, correct? Yep, I'm in Burlington, Vermont. We actually just okay. uh, we got back from tour last night. Vermont is an area where I used to get my rowing equipment from. Is there any way that you can do a show down here at Rockwood Music Hall or something like that? Can you just so do that? Can you just do that? I did, yeah. I played. Um, I did Rockwood on um, Wednesday night last week. We just, we just uh, missed, missed it, Tamika. It. Oh, you know why I missed it? My nephew was performing at Carnegie Hall. I'm sorry. I missed it. Oh. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I, had, I had a good reason to miss it. Okay. Are there any other shows that you're going to be doing down here? Yeah, I I don't have anything right in the books right now, but the band is looking to um, to book another tour towards the end of summer that's going to be longer, more um, like two weeks. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I usually try to come to, to um, New York City at least every two months, keep things fresh there. Um, but like, I don't, fre- I don't frequent it too often because I try to make sure I can get the most, uh, most people out possibly for like one, you know, real big show. Now we get um, yeah, go ahead. We talked about your, uh, your, your songwriting before and, uh, and how you can write some catchy music. And you're talking about the dynamics and everything. If I gave you three phrases like. Cordless phone, noodle maker, Uh-oh. and and no, lint ball. Do you think you could sing us a catchy hook with those phrases? Here we go. Uh-oh. You know, you know I, I I would say that if if it wasn't the pressure of being online radio, I definitely could could do that. Ah, um, uh, no, but I, listening. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't think I would have that ability because I actually I start writing I compose usually from the piano first. Um, and I build like a melody off of that, um, but I, I think I would I would need to put some thought, even though those 
lyrics, you know, those words do kind of just seem to, to flow naturally. Right. Um, now, how did the show at Rockwood go? Were you with stage one or two? We were in stage one. Um, okay, and it was smaller one. That's yeah, it was so a smaller cool, room. Though. Yeah, it was it was cool. Um, you know, we we had it on a you know Wednesday night, which is kind of kicked off our tour, and it was it was full. And that's um, that's really all you can ask for coming into any city that's not your home base and and people you know appreciating the music. We were we were really happy. I think we we, we had a strong um, we had a lot of energy, which is nice. Sure. Now, Justin, um, I, I read in your bio it says you paid your dues in the college Berkeley. Um, I think whoever wrote that needs to revisit the term paying your dues because going <laughs> to a good school for something you love is not the hardship people are usually talking about. <laughs> yeah, I've got to go after my publicist. Um, but, yeah, it's true. In, in all honesty, Berkeley is, is kind of like School of Rock. So I, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of one of those uh, – places where uh where yeah i mean it was it was a great experience i got to spend a lot of time in my room writing songs there were difficult parts of it where um like some of the conducting and the classical theory they still make you go through all the the jazz studies and all that um and i struggled through a lot of that stuff um in all honesty Uh, and i transferred i was originally a jazz trumpet major and i went into songwriting so i had like kind of a Kind of a, a roller coaster there, but and I, I would agree with you. In all in all fairness, I was pretty lucky to go to school to just do something that's really fun. Absolutely. And at the end of your page, I noticed it says "Make a donation." Is this so you can eat, or for an album, or for the Red Crawl? <laughs> um, it's it's pretty much. You know, we actually that button came on our website when we were actually raising money for the record, and we haven't really pushed it. We did. We did a Kickstarter campaign, and we were doing um, doing that donation button. And then it was it was pretty much just to like kind of help pay for the site a little bit, um, and just some extra money if people want to any benefactors who wanted to uh, to invest. It was an option, but uh, yeah, it's not something we've been really pushing that much these days. Right. Um, well, we gotta um, move on in just a minute, but I, I have to ask this before we go: Do you? play the brooding musician card to get with a lot of girls? <laughs> no. Like, you know, honestly, in all honesty, like, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty awkward individual. And, I mean, if there's any card I, I play, it's probably just, like, the music nerd card. I just, uh, I don't really, uh, don't really have a way with words or, you know, n- none of that stuff seems to really uh, to make a difference. I just... Just try to be myself, you know I guess. I think, it, I think at this point we all play the awkward individual and we're just trying to move through life as effectively as we can. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. And I'd be, I'd be a total phony if I, if I was really trying to push the, uh, the rock star vibe because in all honesty, right. I'm just like a, just a regular dude. And, you know, I'm a fairly independent artist. I'm lucky that I have a, a pretty good team. You know, I have, I have like college booking and I have, um, do I have a public publicist and I have, you know, licensing and some stuff that some independent artists, you know, don't have, but in all fairness, I, I work my batootie off to, to play in, in good venues and I work hard to get people out to my shows and there's definitely, uh, definitely Excuse no me. ego at all. Justin, I just enjoy it. Justin, yeah. We're on blog radio, internet radio. You can say you work your ass off and that's oh, okay. a good thing. I just thought I'd keep it. 
I'd keep yeah, it no, PG I didn't know unless I got the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So just say it. Cool. All right, I'll, I won't be afraid to uh, to drop a the f bomb if I have to. Right. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Okay. Cool. No. So check Justin out. Um, follow him on Twitter, JXLevinson, and uh, the website is JustinLevinson.com. Uh, anything you want to plug before we bounce? Um, you know, besides the LA show at Room Five, um, if anyone's listening, that's kind of like the finale of the tour. I'm doing um, a solo show there, but I just wanted to, to just say thank you um, to both of you for having me here today. I really appreciate your time, and and uh, you seem like really nice people. And I'd I'd hopefully get to meet you in person sometime. Uh, right back at you, sir. And I appreciate the time you took out to talk to us tonight. I uh, wish you the yeah. best of uh, success. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. See you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, Tamika. Uh, have you have you a new crush? Nah, because there were some other dudes that we interviewed like a couple months ago that had a calendar they were gonna send me, and they never sent it. To, they never sent it to me. So so sad. Calendar. All right, well, our next guest is the front man of symphonic pop band Art Decade. Uh, hell, who have been de- yes. Who have been, de- hell yes, who has, have been described as David Bowie drinking a cup of tea brewed by Van Gogh <laughs> after winning a tennis match with Mozart. Please welcome from Art Decade, Ben Talmadge. <laughs> Hello, Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey. Hello. Good. How are you? I'm doing fine on this uh, Monday evening. What goes on? All right. Well, thank you so much for thank you so much for joining the program. Um, now let's let's talk about your band Art Decade. So Art Decade. Why not Art Century? What's the deal? Why sell yourself short like that? <laughs> Art Decade, man. Well, the truth is, we got the name from a David Bowie song off the uh, the album Low. I was sitting in a high school classroom at one point, and my good friend Ned Curley, who uh, has come up with so many amazing ideas and, and lyrics over the course of our friendship, said, Art Decade, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Did it? Did, so it took a while to get to that name, or he just said it? It and did. It was done. We, I, I was in a band called... Uh, channel, like when I was like 14, 15, and we made a bunch of silly EPs and albums and stuff, but it came time to like really get serious and, and you know, choose a real name, so we went through this kind of laborious process of choosing all kinds of weird names, and it just, when I heard those two words together, I didn't even realize it was an art, uh, a, uh, a David Bowie song at the time, but when I heard them together, it just clicked, it just made sense, and that was oh, okay. four years ago. That's interesting. You're you're the second guest we've had in the last couple of weeks who has who's been heav- heavily influenced by um, David Bowie. Um, now, what does um, specializing in in music from the long '70s mean? Read that in your bio. Does it mean that so many drugs were done in this decade that it feels like it was longer than the rest? Specializing in music from the long '70s. I believe you are referring to the Art Decade blog spot which we have nothing to do with, because that is their motto. Wait, because what? 
that there's a website artdecade.blogspot and they have like a catchphrase that's music of the long 70s and we and this is this is not related to the band this has nothing to do with the band i see okay so then these next couple questions aren't going to make a whole lot of sense all right i will um, i will say i will say however that it's been very frustrating having that website up and people being really confused that it's not has nothing to do with us. Oh boy. Okay. So, um, long seventies. Do you hate music? Let's just get through these quickly. Do you hate music from all other decades? Absolutely not. All right. And do you have seven T-shirts? So when people ask you how many T-shirts you have, you can say, "I have seven T's." I mean, <laughs> I do have that, but never have uh-huh. I said that, and never has anyone asked that. But yes. <laughs> Now, did you know Aerosmith created the first ever power ba- – I don't know if this is true – first ever power ballad, uh, in, uh, which is Dream On in 1973? I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't like, look you, true. You could, you could argue that, like, any of the classical composers who did, like, you know, like a down-tempo piece was, like, a power ballad. Or does it, yeah. does it imply that you're, like, a rock band? And wow. like you're I kind don't... of going for the tearjerker. Right. Yeah, I guess it's up to the uh, audience, the interpretation. And last 70s question, are you a fan of disco? Yes. Really? Fair enough. Absolutely. Really? Four on the floor with, like, really great string writing. People mm-hmm. people confuse disco for, like, you know, cheap music. I, I mean, there's there's good and bad of any kind of genre. But disco had some really good string arrangements, specifically ABBA. <laughs> yes, we did. I, I yeah, well, Tanika, isn't that one of your favorites is that Mamma Mia, no? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to hang up. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a bad thing. Um, well, okay, so let's get to actual questions that pertain to you and your band. Um, you... Uh, and grew up listening to a whole lot of classical music. How did that How did that come about? Was it your parents? What was the classical influence? Classical influence was definitely my parents. Uh, they both went to Juilliard in New York, my father for composition and my mother for ballet. So my father was more the musician, but he definitely, uh, like, he, the only music he knows at all was classical music. So, like, you know, he never he never showed me the Beatles or anything like that, just because he didn't really know anything about it. So he was definitely pushing the Beethoven and the Mozart and the Vivaldi and you know what have you from an early age. And I I was really into it. I'm really happy he did that. Okay, okay, cool. So it mostly came from your father's uh, what music he was playing around the house. Yeah, definitely. Got you. And who do you think is more of a badass, Mozart or Bach? I think Mozart was not a badass. So I'd say Bach. Mm. Hmm. So do I. Okay. Okay. I get <laughs> now, that. Because Bach was out there. I get that. <laughs> but it was, I mean, speaking of out there, Mozart was a bit crazy, no? Very crazy, but... but... His music was, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Mozart was fantastic, but compared to a lot of other, like, of the huge classical composers, 
His mm-hmm. most, his music was a little vanilla at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not, to down, not to downplay Mozart, because he was a genius. There's no doubt about it. But his life, like, he was really privileged, you know. He wasn't suffering. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, if, you know, that kind of circumstance inspires just really happy music, as opposed to Beethoven, who suffered his whole life. Right. Now, do you have uh, a favorite composer? I would say Beethoven. Beethoven. And what about a favorite contemporary songwriter? Contemporary songwriter? I uh, I mean, I love David Bowie. I love... (laughs) I love Tom York. I love people like... Elliot Smith and obviously the Beatles, but like really contemporary happening right now. I've been listening to the, the new Angry Bird, Bird album a lot. Oh, the multi-instrumentalist. Yeah, he's great. The album he just put out, Break It Yourself, is really, really good. Um, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. People like Neil Young. Cool. How do you feel about um, like teen pop sensations like Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, etc. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> Jesus, I mean, you know, there's—it's not my thing. I'm not like sitting around listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I guess it's positive in in some way. It's bringing joy to some people. I don't okay. know if it's—it I don't know if it's necessarily contributing positively to the, you know, the oversaturated market that is music today. Um, mm-hmm. But there's some catchy tunes in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like absolutely. Marketing director is saying. Miley, there's Miley, some catchy Miley tunes in there. Let's keep going. Party okay. in the USA is a jam. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I how really about... have... What's that? What's that? Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I really have a lot of respect for, like, Dr. Luke and Max Martin and Benny Blanca. Those those producers who write those songs, like, they're very talented at what they do. Um, and, you know, I can't say it's exactly what I would do as far as, you know, if I had a, a choice to only make one kind of music. Right. But uh, those guys are, ex- they, they are like the Mozart and Beethoven of, like, cheesy pop songs. Now, how do you feel... Um about uh about about punk pop bands. Well, I mean it depends on on what you mean like er, like early pop punk bands like the Descendants and like kind of like the originators of like where it's at today. Because like we're generally the beginning of any kind of genre is like really a pure thing and it comes from you know a really honest Spot. Yeah. And I would say, like, the early beginnings of pop punk or the poppier side of punk, it's really cool. I think it's awesome. I think right. kind of where where it's gone today is kind of like where 80s hair metal was at the end of the 80s. Just like mm-hmm. an over-formulaic, you know, trend, fad kind of thing. Okay. Um, now, just uh, wanted to pause for another Bachelor finale update because I know we're all just uh, chomping <laughs> at the bit. Uh, now, I apparently, shit. <laughs> apparently I'm they're so skiing. Sorry. They're skiing. They're, sk- 
they're skiing in Switzerland. Never saw that coming. That comes from my friend Rob Biederman, uh, who is enthralled in this Bachelor finale right now. If I were him, like I said, I'd be watching the Jay Z concert on the on the YouTube right now uh, from South by Southwest. But but let's move on. Um, now, how about David Bowie is getting so much love on our show lately? The the last guest we had just now and uh, last week's guest. Uh, David Bowie seems to be a, a big influence. Um, I've never gotten into Bowie. Uh, wh- why do you think? Why do you think he speaks to so many and doesn't speak to so many? I think he speaks to so many for you know various reasons. One, just obvious, amazing talent, and songwriting, and performing skills. But he has like maybe thirty something albums, and like he mm-hmm. covered so much ground as far as genre and material, and really just. Uh, creating new genres and and really specifically in like the mid 70s into the 80s like the whole glam thing and then the posts you know basically what he did um the post uh, but that's the best way i've heard not, the post glam thing <laughs> the post the post glam thing with albums like like low and, and, and heroes i'm trying to i'm just you know um well but Specifically for me, I really was attracted to him when I first heard uh, Ziggy Stardust. I mean, that album really says it, mm-hmm. does it all. It's kind of his most famous, just raw 70s glam rock. You can't really argue with it. Right. Now, um, much like our last guest, I believe, you, you studied at, at Berkeley School of Music. Is this the one in Boston? Yep. Okay. Oh, God. Um, Berkeley Another School of Music. from Boston. Here we go. <laughs> what what do you uh uh how what was your experience like there? Like anything it's got its ups and downs, you know, you just it's really what you put into it you're gonna get out of it. It's mm-hmm. uh it's the place with just an incredible amount of resources and probably some of the best teachers you could find on the planet as far as a musical education. So you like anyone who who ends up going there is really lucky to be there. But it's also, you know, you can find yourself kind of in this, in a box and uh, sometimes feeling a bit like overthinking, over-calculating your own ideas where you wouldn't have before because of all this new information you have. So it's really just about finding a balance. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Now, I want to make sure we break our listeners off with a, a, a jam of yours. Um can you go ahead, Ben, and um, tell us a little bit about uh, Steampunk Sticker War? Steampunk Sticker War is kind of intense, dancier track on our upcoming full-length Western Sunrise. Big, epic, started guitars, large drums. Check it out. Enjoy it. Awesome. Here we go, and we'll be right back with Ben. And-
I know you're you're chomping at the pit to ask some some questions. That closing yeah. of that song was absolutely beautiful. So I'm not chomping at the bit at this particular point. I was just I was into the music. I was just like, oh my god, keep going, keep going, keep going. It sounds more um, cinematic uh, as opposed to something that mainstream people would listen to, but. I don't care. The closing of it was just hot. I mean, it was just like, okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. Well, thank you. I'm glad you like it. Of course. I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ben, I, um, I read you've said that you hope to make albums that perfectly represent our artistic vision without any compromise. So if someone uh, if someone offered you a bazillion dollars to write an album about sandcastles and buttered biscuits, would you do it? <laughs> I, I would say I might do it so I could use that money to create whatever art I wanted. And what did you say, sandcastles and butter biscuits? Exactly. I have, well, he should I say cheddar bay biscuits even. I have nothing against, you know, biscuits. Sand castles, and, you know, I'm I'm into that. So yeah, I would do it. I would do it, and I would, you know, I would give some of that money to charity because there's no way I could ever use that much money 
Uh, but then I would mm-hmm. make a studio and live in the studio for the rest of my life and just make albums that I wanted. Would you put a bed in the studio? Yeah, I put a nice bed, like a rotating bed, a water bed, a normal bed. I change it up. <laughs> right. So just a bunch of different beds. It would rotate. It would be like the Jesse Katsopoulos uh, bed coming down off the wall, but except it would rotate. Yeah. You know what's the best bed was the bed in Wallace and Gromit where he he gets up and it sends him through a chute into a fresh pair of pants every morning. <laughs> Never watched <laughs> I did not, but it's Tamika's favorite movie, right? Which one? Wallace and the, uh, the animated claymation short films. They're oh, really good. God. Yeah, you guys, yeah, that's another, that's for another conversation. So we'll have to have you back on the show. That's sure. for another conversation. I'm, I, unfortunately right now I'm in the fight club mode, so. Fight's great. Now, um, what you just said, actually, uh, about do, doing this album to make a bazillion dollars and you can do whatever you want, that reminds me of, of you know, what it reminds me of is George Clooney doing that that awful Batman and Robin movie because ever since then <laughs> he's done whatever he's wanted and it's been amazing. I guess there's something to be said for that, you know, and it's not like his career was really tarnished by that. I guess there are right. some things I would never do, you know, if it really went against like what I believe is really pure and honest, you know, I wouldn't, I would never do it. It's not worth it. Like what would what would you not do? <laughs> I don't know. I guess <laughs> everybody got quiet. That's the question that you need to pose to every person. What would you not do? Okay. I, I don't think I've ever asked that before. <laughs> like if it was one of those if it was one of those like Miley Cyrus, Justin Bieber tunes where I had to like sing <laughs> dance and really do something that was just not me at all. First of all, no one would want to hear that or see that. It would be terrible. <laughs> So I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Now, you, Tamika, yes, what were you going to say? Well, I, uh, I was just going to just interject, having worked on the dailies for that um, <laughs> that Batman movie that George Clooney did, I don't think this gentleman is making a wrong decision at all. <laughs> just wait, to, wait till you got something that's good and then go. Mm-hmm. No. But he made so much money off of that that he's been able to not do a movie like that ever again, you know. You know what? Yes. You can't take your money with you, so whatever. That's cool. <laughs> um, fair enough. Now, uh, Ben, you um, uh, you have this uh, uh, quote in your bio where it talks about um, – the group having aggressive rock instincts. Now, aggressive instincts have often gotten me in trouble. How do you how do you um, translate that into music? <laughs> aggressive rock instincts. I I mean I would say like just after growing up with the whole classical thing, like in high school I really got into the into a lot of bands like you know At the Drive-In and you know. Cursive and bands like that. That was just like all about like distorted guitars, but like you know keeping it creative and melodic. Um, so that mm-hmm. kind of like 
aggressive stuff. Not really so much the metal side, although Metallica is incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely have that like rock influence in my life, without a doubt. No, well, that chorus that you guys came up with was incredible. So I can I can hear that. Metallica, I actually like as well, but before they really started splitting up and doing their own thing. Because mm-hmm. quiet as it's kept, I'm an Alice in Chains girl, so... Mm-hmm. I'm, one of, great. I, I'm one of the few black women that's an Alice in Chains uh, fan, so that's cool. <laughs> now, I actually... Um, we on our, With our last guest, he just talked about how he kind of appreciates rule-breaking in music, that music is one of those... Um, art forms where you're allowed to break the rules. And then in, in your um, write-up, I read about your music being very organized and clean and, and the albums being like architecture. Do you think that there should be rules in music? No, I, I think within that architecture, you have to make every left turn and break every rule you you can. I, mm-hmm. I just like the, the music that I write to be very... You know, I really like to know exactly what it's going to be because when I write something I just have a really clear vision for it I think there's uh, tons of amazing music out there that's you know based upon improvisation and you know the complete opposite of what I would say would call architecture so there's you know there's beauty in both ends of the spectrum I just specifically where I'm at right now I really like perfectly crafted songs you know with everything exactly in there do you find that perfectly crafted that that desire of yours that that runs sometimes antithetical to um, punk or post-punk music? Um, I don't know because I think that like those there's some songs produced by bands who really did that, you know, mm-hmm. who really went along that kind of thing and made those perfect. I mean, if you look at a song like I don't know The Clash or something, London Calling. That's a pretty perfect song. There's really nothing. There's not like a hair out of line there. Right. So I think I think no matter what the genre, like if a song is gonna like transcend and last forever, it really kind of it generally falls in that that headspace. Even cool. a song like Rock the Casbah can't get past that. Do I like a song I mean, like Rock the Casbah? No, I mean you you can get past it, but that's to, for me that's one of the perfect songs in my life at least. Sure. <laughs> um, well, uh, Tamika, do you know what time it is? Uh, wait a minute. Do I have to start hitting the brakes? <laughs> we, I think we gotta, we gotta pump the brakes before we hit them completely. So let's, uh, we're gonna play a game. It's called Hot or Hot Mess, where I give oh, you, uh, dude, no. Where oh I give the both God. of you a, a list of things. You guys tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Oh boy. All right. <laughs> now let's start with Bon Iver. Bon Iver. I like our guest being just ready. He's like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> um, here we go. Bon Iver, is he hot or a hot mess first, uh, Ben? Hot. And Tamika. I would say he's pretty fucking hot. Excuse my language. <laughs> oh, boy. 
And um, how about <laughs> Adele, um, Ben, hot or hot mess? Hot. I mean, yeah. Okay. And Tamika, hot or hot mess? I, I mean, Tamika, her. Adele, hot or hot mess? <laughs> Adele on a contest? No, Adele, hot or hot mess? Well, I, I would have to concur with the previous gentleman's statement. She can sing <laughs> her ass off. What are you, I don't, I don't, poor room. I know, but I don't know why you're asking me silly-ass questions like this. Let's keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, how about the 2012 uh, Republican presidential candidate field? Uh, let's start with you, Tamika. Hot or hot mess? <laughs> I wish Kate could write a song about this hot mess that we got going on. That's it. <laughs> hot mess. Hot mess. And then? Mess. They don't even get hot. It's just mess. <laughs> Awful, dirty. The, it's the worst mess I've ever seen. <laughs> Isn't it? I've never seen, I mean, I've seen some crazy fields of candidates, but I've never seen one like this before. It's glorious. There's no... There is no explanation what is taking place with the Republican Party. Honestly, there, there really isn't. Next up on Hot or Hot Mess, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Lindsay Lohan, Hot or Hot Mess, Tamika <laughs> Kiss. Yes. Mess and uh, Ben. Just mess. Hot. Just mess. She ain't hot. She ain't even cute. Holy oh, shit, we got people out here that are cuter than her. I'm cuter than her. I dress up nice. That chick, mm-mm. No, no. <laughs> the first time I saw, I saw Freaky Friday when she was like 13 and I was like 13. Uh-huh. Fell in love. It was love at first sight. Even though she doesn't know me, she's out there <laughs> listening. Lindsay, meant to be. So we just, we had you proclaiming your love to Lindsay Lohan on the air right now, huh? <laughs> I, will say, I will tell you a little inside story about Art Decade, which was actually channel my first band. The first song we ever wrote was called Freaky Friday Girl about Lindsay Lohan. Okay. There you go. And 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 <laughs> how old were you when you wrote it? That's all, I was like, it's almost I was, like Forrest actually, That's all I need to say about that. <laughs> you were how you were sorry, you were how old? I was just in high school, so 14, I think. Oh, okay. Um, wow. <laughs> how about, uh, Tamika, I have no idea what you said. All I know what you said is that girl, mm-mm, but I don't know if you said hot or hot mess. So, Lindsay, I was just like, mess. I didn't even put hot in front of it. She didn't even <laughs> get that. She gets just Fair mess. Enough. That's it. Right. And uh, to not break tradition, uh, Justin Bieber, hot or hot mess? <laughs> ben, let's start with you. Hot mess. Hot mess. Tamika Kid, hot or hot mess? I refuse to answer that question on the grounds on the grounds that it may incriminate me. That's it. That, that's, that's all you get from me right now. That's all you get from me right now about that. 
individual. <laughs> and you did not do his provocative commercial. Provocative. Proactive? No. I really, up until the show tonight, I thought it said pr- provocative, so it made things way less funny, except you made it better when you said her. Uh, how about Dude, this guy? No. This guy, huh? Huh? What? No, he got the whole proactive commercial. And I just, um, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. So I don't. So you admit, so you admit to have worked on, on the Justin Bieber one? No. No. <laughs> Did not say that. I just know it's a proactive commercial, not a provocative commercial. If you say it's a provocative commercial, then that's on you, homie. I'm not, I claim no. Nothing with this Justin Bieber proactive commercial. I'm sorry, Ryan. I know there's nothing. There. All right, how about this guy? Is this guy hotter? Jason Derulo. Who? Ben. This. I didn't catch Jason Derulo. No. Oh, I, don't uh, I don't know about that. I don't listen you to don't... that either. I'm sorry. Oh man, I I, I think he's hot. I'm, you know, I, um, I don't even know him. I'll say he's hot though. Okay, good idea. Um, and now let's let's move on to this next part of the hot or hot mess is the segment where I play a couple audio clips from the show. You guys tell me if they're hot or a hot mess. Uh, first up on hot or hot mess, this is this is what happened when Biz Marquee stopped by Blaze and Rye. You tell me if it's hot or hot mess. Hot or hot mess? It's pretty hot. Tamika, hot or hot mess? I already said hot. I told you. He has that <laughs> technique of picking up the needle as opposed to scratching. Beautiful. Uh-huh. So, that's hot. Beautiful. Nice. And this is uh, Ben Cameron from Broadway's Wicked, his Neil Diamond impression. Girl, you'll be a woman soon. Tamika, hot or hot mess? Sounds like a hot mess. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then, hot or hot mess? I'll give him hot. Anyone who makes it that far in Broadway has got to be talented. Yeah, yeah man. but it can still be a hot mess. <laughs> you ain't never lie. Let's go to, speaking of hot messes, that, that, that movie Game Change uh, was on over the weekend. I thought it was fantastic. We talked about Hello. it early in the show. This yeah. is Haviland Stillwell from Les Mis on Broadway, her Sarah Palin impression. But there's a YouTube video um, <laughs> that was originally aired on autostraddle.com, um, and it was edited by Reese, who's the editor-in-chief over there. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, um, we have all kinds of things, all kinds of things <laughs> going on with Sarah Palin. Hot or hot mess, Ben? I mean, Sarah Palin is looking pretty good, but no, she's a she's she's a hot mess. <laughs> and Tamika, a hot or hot mess to Haviland's impression. I I saw the movie. I would say a hot mess because they made her character look very sympathetic at some particular point with that mm-hmm. movie game change. So it, mm-hmm. it, it it's messed up, but I, I would say hot mess. Because she didn't know what she was getting into. So. Fair enough. Okay. Um, 
this concludes the hot or hot mess portion of the show. Um, now, Thank God. Uh, <laughs> we gotta we gotta go in a minute, but um, uh, Ben, do you have uh, anything you wanna anything else you wanna plug before we go? Uh, just check out Art Decade and make really honest and pure art, whatever you do, and just be honest with yourselves, and you will live a happy and fulfilling life. And what's going on with your website? Is it going to be back up soon? Yes. I, just, <laughs> I have to pay the hosting on it today. Artdecade.com or just, you know, type in Art Decade to uh, Google and you'll find us. Cool. And on Twitter, it's the at the Art Decade, right? That's right. And any shows coming up in the near future? we got a show. next show is April 7th at Brighton Music Hall with Gentleman Hall, Freeze Pop, and the doorbell. Very nice. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate the hell out of you coming on the program tonight. Thank you. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's thank a you so much, too. Have a good Take night. Take care. You Bye. too. Bye. All right. And now, uh, Tamika. Um, what? <clears throat> what? <laughs> what? What? What do you what? possibly want from me at this particular point, sir? What? What have you learned tonight? Well, one, I've made friends with a very good, uh, two very good musicians, and found mm-hmm. out about another David Bowie kind of uh, cover band. Two, I also know that you don't think that Sarah Palin is a hot mess. That's disappointing. <laughs> I mean, I know Sarah Palin is a hot mess, but, but well, Havilland okay, Stillwell well, not really a hot mess. But speaking of hot messes, Tamika, do you know that the, a guy in a Mickey Mouse costume robbed a bank last night in Brooklyn? Did you just say Mickey Mouse? <laughs> I did say Mickey Mouse. Well... Well, I got a story this? for you. <laughs> oh, all right. Right now, I'm sitting in my robe. I uh-huh. did. I did not know that. Very nice. Very rodent-free apartment. <laughs> very rodent-free apartment. All right. Well, they're not I, I trying no to idea. do. They're not trying to do rat tattooing up in that piece. They just want the money and out. <laughs> well, okay. Like, so, tell us how you got your apartment rodent-free. I will tell you. <clears throat> It is by instilling fear into mice. <laughs> and I'll let you know why. Mice don't come mm-hmm. around my house. They don't even come near it. You see, when I was younger, me and my dad, we had a rodent problem in our house. Probably an assault unit of six strong. All right? Six spineless furry bastards. Spineless free bastards? What? Spineless furry bastards. Oh, okay. Not free. Oh, they are not free, let me assure you that. <laughs> Ain't nobody what free. Happened? All right. Nigga, what you talking about? Ain't nobody free. Oh my Keep God. going. <laughs> they were wreaking havoc on our house, on my sisters, my mom, picking up the scraps. Scaring my sisters, scaring my mother, running through the house. So, you know, my dad decided, he said one day, Son, you know, it's about time we hunt down these mice. <laughs> so what we did was we went out and we equipped ourselves with sticky traps and mouse traps. <laughs> we studied our enemy, their strengths, their weaknesses. 
All right, we checked out the weaknesses in their fortress, that app that uh, they were using to move all throughout the house, all the different pipe systems, whatever it is, they didn't outsmart us. We strategically placed traps different corners of the house. And over the course of the next three days, this assault unit of mice met their demise. I'll tell you what happened. As we were going through each day to check on the traps, Slowly but surely, one by one, we would see a mouse stuck on the sticky trap. <laughs> I'd go to take the sticky trap and throw the mouse out. My dad would say, no, 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 no. You leave that mouse where it is, boy. He'd be like, all right. Didn't know why. Came down. We had one mouse left. All right. The king, the captain, the big kahuna. We finally, one morning, found him in the corner. Stuck in a sticky trap. Uh-huh. My dad took it that afternoon. He said, Son, open the porch door. Open the porch door. It was a cold day. It was snowing, a blizzard. He said, Pull up a chair. Pulled up a chair. He said, Place the mice in a single file line on the balcony, boy. And that's what I did. I took them, placed them in a single file line, sat down said, shut the door behind you, come have a seat next to me. Grab the seat next to him. He said, this here, son, is a Cuban cigar. This here you smoke for victory. Took it. He lit the cigar, and we sat, and we watched as those furry bastards and our enemies slowly froze to death. You know, it's like at a blast tail when they tried to kick the motorcycles out, or the motorcycle guys out, and they didn't. And then they shut them in the door. Now you can't leave. <laughs> That's it. Uh, so what's up I don't with know. those mice? Yeah. Are they, I don't know if the motorcycles okay? have to do with the mice. But it was. Are they okay? Are they, are okay? they okay? Uh, they're free spirits. Ah, they're they're ah, more than okay. They transcended. <laughs> All right. They're no longer there. And, uh, and, and to how, tell the truth, how, uh-huh. every mouse how old were you? twice before they came into our apartment. <laughs> how old were you when you uh, when you viciously, barbarically murdered these mice? When I became a man, is that what you're asking me? How old was I when yeah. I became a man? Mm-hmm. Fifteen. And I never looked back. I never looked back. So below below the pay grade and even below what he could be convicted for. So that's fine. <laughs> that's actually fine exactly. for me. Exactly. Fine. Now, now this this <laughs> isn't live, right? This isn't aired live, is it? Oh yeah, but nobody nobody Someone, but... Oh, oh my god. Um, no. <laughs> it's not a big deal. I accept what I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, Tamika. What questions do you have for this, this whoever this is talking about the mice? <laughs> Did he put cheese on the traps and then try to catch the mice? The mice cheese was not necessary. Cheese. <laughs> cheese is weakness. All right. He didn't put any drugs on the mice. Nothing. Nothing. Baby wow. drugs. Nothing. Well, there drugs? was a friend of mine. There was a friend of mine that put peanut butter, but he mixed it with Vicodin. And then the 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 mouse mice 
came and ate it, and it was just not a good situation. So that's oh, amazing that you actually caught the, the predators that were in your house. Uh, my my so. dad really wanted to make sure that the mice had all their wits. He wanted yeah, them to no. feel everything. My sick, friend on the Lower sick. East Side, he wanted to make sure they didn't feel shit at some point because they were running around in circles. Well, that's, that's okay. Pretty funny. That's it's pretty New funny. York. It's okay. It's okay. His girlfriend <laughs> called out for him really quick because she saw one of the mice like running around in circles, not knowing what to do. Wait, you talking about the mouse's girl? The mouse's girlfriend? The mouse itself was running around in circles, not knowing what to do because they had peanut butter and Vicodins. That's all right. Okay. That's a good combination. I have a. I have a, a another update from the Bachelor finale. Um, Courtney oh, just gave shit. here we go. Just gave, Courtney just gave Ben a scrapbook match point. Uh, I don't know if that means she won. Frankly, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Tamika says <laughs> I could give a shit. Um, but it looks. Give a shit. It looks like. Well, you know what happened earlier on the program, sir and Tamika. Um, you know. It, you guys ever see the Ali G show where he's inter- he's interviewing um, Gore Vidal, and he's sitting there with that guy Gore Vidal, who's like a you know a prominent figure, whatever, and he starts asking him about hair products, and so Gore Vidal is like, you- "You're talking about Vidal Sassoon, that's not me." And so then Ali G's like, "Oh, it's been like the next couple of questions aren't going to make any sense, right?" Well, that that was intentional on their part, right? That really mm-hmm. happened to to me on the program tonight. When I was like, oh, so do you like 70s music and what you were long 70s? And the guy from our decade was like, you're talking about totally different art decades. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I mean, like it actually happened. Like that wasn't that strange. And then I said, um, all right, wow. so the next couple questions aren't going to make any sense. And the only reason I said that was because of the Ali G influence. I, this is the question. This is the answer that I always, I always will go back to at some particular point, especially getting with the Ryan Holmes, Blazing Ryan show. I refuse to answer that question on the grounds that it may incriminate me. <laughs> we lost, we Sorry. lost that mouse. That mouse guy straight up hung up because I guess he wasn't interested in that alley story. But I don't know that information, and I refuse to answer that question because. Come on. I don't think I don't think I asked you. Anyway, so what do you we got? Who do we got? The thing is, you didn't have to ask ask me that question. It was already there, <laughs> dude. You guys did something to an animal, and then now you trying to talk about it on the air. That What's wasn't me. That was, that was that was whoever just called in and hung up on us. Okay. No good. I refuse well, to answer that question on the grounds that it may incriminate me. And that's I it. don't know what question you're talking about. But uh, I would like to say we will be back next Monday, March 19th, 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, join us. We will be chatting with uh, funky folk artist Robbie Boyd of the Robbie Boyd Band. And then the following Monday, March 26th, we'll have Joe Taylor, and Johnny Rosette Servini of Just Visiting NYC. 
Um, Joe's a modern pop artist, and Johnny is an alternative part of an alternative rock band. Um, and uh, boy, we, we just have have had more musicians on than ever lately. Anyway, Tamika, I thank you so yeah. much for joining me tonight. Um, I think it's you, about time to hit them breaks. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so right. I can think of no better way than ending the show than by saying, if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. And <laughs> lastly, of course, hit the brakes, Florence. Good night, everybody.